What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is another enticing episode of Dane Rants, and uh, we got one hell of an episode for you guys over in Geek Vibes Nation. I am going to be talking about WandaVision, the whole thing, the season itself, how I felt about it, but it'd be boring as hell to do this by myself, so that's why I brought back the wonderful, the goofy, the the sexy Kalina Brothers. First, John, how are you? <laughs> Dane, I'm glad you had me back. I haven't talked to you in a million years. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, Joe. Joe, Joe, how's it going? You got a baby. Dane, I got a baby. I had a baby since the last time we chatted about, well, WandaVision. And it's like almost like there are so many parallels with WandaVision in my own life um, because they had a baby too. <laughs> So your life went from sitcoms from each decade, and then your 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 kid miraculously grew like years ahead. I mean, essentially, yes. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Oh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's let's start getting right into it. Um, let's just do this because this is always a fun concept to start off with, with the conversation itself. Your 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 overhaul, your views on the show itself. Uh, then we'll kind of break it down by chapters and talk about the ending and stuff we had a problem, stuff we liked, shit like that. But John Kalina, what did you think about the show overall? Oh man, you know overall, Dane, I'd say. This show was great. Uh, it was definitely a step up from the only other Marvel shows we've had, um, you know, the Defenders and whatnot. I uh, still, you know, I had a few issues with it, but from the beginning, from the get-go, I loved it. When everyone else uh, kind of bashed on it, which I, I believe, you know, they had good reason to. Uh, simple minds won't understand uh, how good the beginning was, but, uh, but I loved it overall, and uh, I just wish that we... We had more at the end, but we can talk about that later. It's not my fault that they were born in the wrong time, you know? Anyways, yeah. Joe, yeah. Oh, <laughs> overhaul, uh, overall views. I don't know why I keep on saying overhaul. Overhaul views of the show itself. Well, dude, it was overall, I thought it was an incredible show. I mean, we got so much emotion not only with the characters, but with the decades of television, right? From the opening episode, I Love Lucy style, took me back to when, 
well, me and John were really little. Honestly, John was probably too young to remember this. <laughs> but our grandma used to watch I Love Lucy like every single night. Um, so that show will always hold a special place in my heart. Uh, and and it was just incredible. It's exactly the, the opening style of the show is exactly what I was hoping for. And I, if you remember on our last podcast game that you did and you had us, uh, this is what we what we wanted right so um overall it was an incredible show of course i have some issues toward the end but i just i loved it i love the rewatchability factor and all the little details that you could pick up yeah and i i mean i i gotta agree with you guys i really loved the the show overall um especially exploring this is something that, like I said, uh, I was I was kidding earlier. All you youngsters, don't yell at me on Twitter or whatever you guys do. Um, but you know, the the difference between certain ages. If you grew up with Nick at Night and you watched these shows, even the ones later on in the seventies and whatnot, you know, you knew the style. And I think that one of the things that it did the best job with, and and this is something that John really brought to my eye, was really recording and making sure the flow of the characters within that time frame actually reflected the show they were doing. Even later when they got to, you know, the 90s or the 80s, uh, or late 80s, basically, even the stuff that was outside of West uh, Westview, you know, they still kind of had that charm to them. So I thought it was a very interesting show. I loved how it just... The complaints were, like, when's this going to pick up? And finally, when it did, it became a Marvel movie, but never lost that initial concept itself of basically Wanda being so just mentally tragic, like, just everything that's happened to her. Um, she was trying to reflect on things that she, you know, can keep her preoccupied. Like, even seeing her in the facility... She was still watching those sitcoms that she watched when she was a child, right before the bomb happened. Like it was a very tragic story, and I gotta, I gotta give it up to Elizabeth Olsen because I've always thought she was a good actress, but she did a clinic uh, throughout the whole series, playing everything, doing humorous, doing different sitcom styles and stuff like that, being dramatic, you know, angry. I, I believed everything she was doing. She was so convincing and, and con- convicted to, to the role of Wanda. And uh, that, that to me, is the biggest thing. Is uh, She didn't get her own movie, but I think this kind of makes up for it. And I think she's one of the most compelling characters uh, in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think this is better than a movie. You know, I mean, it really was. There's no doubt. Yep. There's no argument there. I mean, it was it was an incredible feat. Like, Black Widow is going to be good. I believe that. But it's not going... It's going to pale in comparison to this experience. Hey, and let's not John, forget about Paul Bentley, too, man. I mean, yeah. Paul Bentley. Yeah. Incredible. And, Dane, to um, kind of come, come back, to kind of circle back, circle back uh, to what you said about you know, the detail of the show and just staying true to the decades. So the first two episodes, you know, came out on the same time. Um, and I was actually, I watched them. Uh, I was not home. So I, I actually really wanted to watch it and couldn't wait till I got home. I watched it on my phone using my Beats headphones. And with the Beats headphones, I could 
hear that even the sound that's how much detail they put into it even the sound sounds differently in those earlier episodes in the 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 50s episodes uh and obviously you know the um the aspect that it was recorded in front of a live studio audience i mean that was incredible when i read that that was real and that that's actually how they did it it just made it so much more better in my opinion and i know paul bentley there are a couple of interviews with him talking about how that was just the most outrageous acting he's ever done like and it was intimidating too so and i dane i know you know about stage acting so let's hear your thoughts well and the thing about just acting and all right you got to think about paul and i'll give him even more credit is because he was dressed up like that most of the time with that makeup and those things on his head so being able to give off that level of performance with that styled like that's got to be hard for an actor and we've seen him i mean he's been in movies for years but vision is so charming so wonderful and even being able to do the dynamic of playing the evil version uh, of Vision, once again, just acting gymnastics. Catherine Hahn was another one. Uh, just great acting, especially by the three of them, especially Elizabeth Olsen to me. All right, well, I thought someone was going to say something, but that's what I get for assuming. I made an, an <laughs> ass out of myself. No, you're right, Dane. Gosh, you know, I mean... Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, like Joe said with the audio, too, I mean, I, I've been doing, you know, I've been diving a lot into filming and editing, as you know, and even more so just in the past, like, years. Don't know what you're talking about. Getting really, oh, right. <laughs> getting really into the dynamics, like, the actual, you know, technical parts of filming and editing and little subtle changes and it's crazy how much not only the stage changed, but their costume changed, their the characters, like the way they acted changed, the audio changed, but also little things like the camera angles of each decade changed. Um, and it, it's just crazy. You notice, like, in the first episode, it's all just flat. Like, it's like that's a stage. So there's very few angles they use. It's very wide-angle style. And then even the second episode being more, like, bewitched, and I Dream a Genie was uh, a little more in-depth. Like, they did a little more exterior shots. They went out to the city square and whatnot, and uh, it just changed from there. And then all the way up to the Modern Family style, where it goes into, like, a documentary, like, The Office interview kind of camera angle. It's just interesting how they – every little detail they put in. Do you think – do you think they were so detailed – and I can ask you, John, this, and then, Joe, you can answer right afterwards – do you think they were so detailed that they actually used the same equipment to record each era? Like, I, it looked like it, at man, least. I, I want to say that they did, uh, but, it, it you know, when you compare it, it still is a lot, a hundred times more crisp than the older shows. So it's hard to say what the camera types were, but I believe the audio possibly was. Because if you notice in the second episode... A lot of those scenes sound like um, in the 60s and even going in the 70s where they dubbed over voices because they couldn't have that much movement and have a microphone in there. So they'd have to dub over voices. And I believe they did that in that second episode. Um, but, yeah. It's still just very impressive all, all around. 
Yeah, and and to go back on that too, um, John, with the first episode, yeah, it was all just those wide shots, like you're on a stage. But then when um, Kitty from that '70s show, right, the Paul Bentley or Vision's boss is over for dinner, and he starts choking. Then the camera angles are dramatically different, and it's cool because you realize that okay, we're not we're not a part of this show almost. Anymore. Like Twilight Zone. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, Twilight Zone S. And I just couldn't believe, I mean, I guess I could believe, a lot of people didn't get that with those first two episodes, and it just went over people's heads. But I just, I knew what they were doing, and I I, I could not wait to see the conclusion to it well, all. So. It's, it's weird, because a lot of people that I talk to, they're like, we know what they're doing. Like, we know what they're going for. It's just, when is something going to happen? But in my opinion, I mean, I think we talked about this last time, too. They did exactly what I wanted to see. Like, Joe and I wanted to see where it was, like, from beginning to end, it was that show. Like, it, it never broke the character of that entire show, you know? And it did that for, like, three episodes. As Which Agatha Harkness awesome. said, the devil's in the details, man. And the devil if you're is if you're if you're paying attention to the show and you see what they're doing, you'll know what they're doing. I mean, it wasn't hard, and I don't think it was because I'm a comic book fan. I got it. And let's kind of – I guess it's a good way to set up going into the episodes. I'll, I'll go over the first three, just a rough view. Uh, episode one, obviously, 60s, Dick Van Dyke, I Love Lucy-style con- concept. We already talked about it. Pretty much just a straight episode of one of those shows, stylized. But then that ending happens where – he starts choking, and for a minute, you don't know what the heck's going on. Uh, goes to the second episode, where they basically had like a I Dream of Genie, a Bewitched, like you said, John. Um, and they have that whole entire, you know, uh, stage show and stuff like that. And there's more details, like through the radio, Wanda's hearing something. Then the third episode, which was... Um, I guess it went 50s, 60s, and this is the 70s. And then it was very much Partridge Family, Brady Bunch styled. Um, And it's like more and more stuff happens. You have that one guy who came out of the ground, that the the, the one in the uh, the, the suit, the hazmat suit. You know, stuff is – certain things are happening. You're realizing something's up. Most people, I would say, if they know Wanda from the comics, know that she is ridiculously powerful – and that she has, I, I, maybe I shouldn't assume that, but can manipulate things. Like, she is one of the most powerful mutants, period. Her and Phoenix are very neck and neck for the level of power between the Phoenix Force and the Scarlet Witch itself. And, and the fact that she also consumes magic with a separate thing, because she studies that and gets better just at the occult in general. She's ridiculously powerful. So finally, you know, I'll kind of save it, but the fourth episode really started putting things back in gear. We learned a lot of stuff, um, you know, who was communicating to her. It ended up being, um, I forgot, Randall Park's character uh, from Ant-Man, but I can't remember his name. Um, But, all right, the first three episodes. Yes, Jimmy Woo. Um, Joe, what did you think about the first three episodes? Were Were you content? Or by the third one, were you getting a little bit annoyed that, we weren't getting to that next level. Like, say if they didn't go into the MCU-styled concept with the fourth episode, was it dragging for you at all? That 
is going to be a resounding no, not at all. Actually, I loved that they kept dragging it out. And to me, it was almost like disciplining us as fans or even the people who didn't like it or didn't appreciate what they were doing at the beginning. It was almost kind of a, well, you guys still have to wait. And I, I'm so glad that they went that way instead of just, you know, we're, we watch TV so much differently now, Dane, than we used to in past generations, right? We're spoiled now with our instant gratification. And even movies, the plot lines and, and what's happening move so quickly now than they did compared to back in the day, right? So, um, so I love what they did. My, my problem, and we'll get to it later, but uh, was, was the last few episodes is I kind of as much gratification out of that but um but the first three episodes they kept going with the shows i thought that was everything i wanted yeah yeah i i definitely i definitely feel you on that john same question yeah i mean there's not going to be any drama here because that's uh exactly how i feel i remember talking to jim our other brother and joe after the first two episodes and i said that they should go with this formula for at least two more episodes before shit starts going down. And I was happy to see that they did because I loved it. Um, I love building that world before introducing the world. We already know, you know, like I, I wanted to see, you know, you got to feel out what she's going through, which I feel like those episodes, that was the point of those was to kind of just build this eerie alternate reality. No, I definitely agree with that. And going back to what Joe said, you know, I do think that um, we're spoiled as modern audiences. I know a lot of people were like, why can't we just, like, binge all of it? You know, why why can't it come out at once? It's like we used to literally watch television exactly like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me how long? The show The Sopranos came out in 99. Well, I wasn't I wasn't invested into watching it to buy the fucking DVD set for 150 bucks, but finally when it comes to an app, I binge the whole entire thing in two weeks. <laughs> and that's how it is with television. But back not that long ago, you had to wait a week, and I think that's what made The Mandalorian special, and I think that's what makes WandaVision special, and it will continue to make any of the shows on Disney Plus special because you can't just binge it. I watched friggin' um, – what's the karate show? I watched Cobra Kai – Within like three days, it was disgusting. That's all I did. You know, it's sometimes we you need a little bit of time to understand stuff. I, I don't know. I end up watching all the episodes again for a second time, so I guess it worked with me. Yeah. I don't You're know, right. guys. But let's 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 get to the next one. The next episode, we find out what's going on. You know, the fact that Wanda is causing this, um, or at least that's what it's alluding to, that she's made, you know, with with the help of, um, God, what the hell is the name of the annoying character from the Thor movies? <laughs> Darcy. Uh, Darcy. <laughs> yeah. This was the best version of Darcy. I'll, I'll give it that. She was pretty funny and clever in this. Um, but Agreed. she realizes that the signal is happening for a certain television, and then they, they get that television. They start tuning in. She's watching it and eating popcorn because even though we see an episode of it, 
this continuously happens until she pops to the next, you know, generation of sitcoms. So we get that. We learn about the general dickhead who was just there to be general dickhead. He wasn't Mephesto. He wasn't anything else. He was just a dick. Yep. And uh, we learn about Photon, which I can't remember. That's her superhero name in the comics. But the Monica daughter. Oh. What's, what's that? Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo. And I love seeing someone enter the, 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 the blip or whatever the hell they called it and seeing what happened right then and there from when you just pop back into the universe uh, after the whole yeah. Thanos thing. And she finds out her mom died of cancer, even though when she was there beforehand, you know, and all I got to say about Monica Rambo is that technically in the com technically in the comics, she's actually the second person to become Captain Marvel after Captain Marvel the male version of the character that doesn't exist in the MCU, and Miss Brie Larson's character doesn't get it until about five fucking people afterwards. But I digress. Whatever. But, um, yeah, I thought the episode was awesome. We started turning into the MCU. We, we, she pops out of, of Westview or, you know, that, that place, and she says it, it's Wanda, basically. Like, she's in all of their heads, and it starts getting a little bit freaky. And I love the second episode, or the next episode, I should say, uh, where, you know, they put the drone in there, and General Dickhead puts a friggin' missile in it, um, and, you know, Wanda actually comes out and tells them to screw off. Like, and it reminded me so much, and I, I don't know if, if, if it, you know, did the same thing for you guys, the fact that her dad in the comic books is Magneto, I've literally seen Ian McKellen, and also, um, god dang it, why am I... Fucking up on his name. Um, Patrick Stewart. What's that? No, not Patrick Stewart. Uh, the uh, the uh, other actor uh, I played uh, Magneto. Uh, yeah, young young Magneto. Yeah. So I've seen Fassbender and McKellen both pull what she pulled, where basically she took the guns and put it at the people, and I was like, that's Dude. awesome. Like, and I just loved it. John, how did you feel about these two episodes that kind of started? The other one all obviously started going to the eighties and whatnot, but when you're seeing the MCU, if you will, side of the story. That, what you said about the guns, that I got that vibe too. That is so true, and I didn't even realize it until just now. Because so I remember watching that, and I was like, dude, this, I've seen this so many times. But you're right, yeah, it's from, it, I believe that was a homage to them. I mean, I feel like it should be. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I love the scene of the intro with Monica coming back was freaking awesome because yeah we've seen people coming back from the blip in uh spider-man but it was kind of in general it wasn't like a character coming back so that was really cool it was a cool perspective of that uh bringing it all back and then they also set the timeline in that episode i believe is when they mentioned that it was three weeks ago that it happened um and it was it was a great setup to kind of show the what we've watched in like reverse kind of like it's it's a we're viewing this world viewing the show that we just spent two weeks watching. So it was uh, it was really cool. I was not disappointed yet. I mean, like it, it kept going and I love because that one was the 70s. And then the next episode, if correct me if I'm wrong, but was it the Halloween episode? No, that was, I think, the next one. Okay. Well, the the late 80s, early 90s, like, Full House Growing Pains was... Yes, that's right. Um, so, I mean, these 
Yeah, the 80s one was good, too, because it came color. That's when she had the babies. And that was cool because it brought, you know, it made the other episodes make a lot more sense. After those two episodes, I remember I watched the whole thing over again. And it was like, okay, they said save the children in that second episode all weirdly. Uh, you know, kind of making us feel like the blonde lady was Mephisto or someone evil. But really, it was because it was just foreshadowing the babies coming into play. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I'm having trouble remembering everything that happened in those episodes, but I, uh, I almost forgot, um, when she figures out Monica, when she does have the children and then she forces Monica out of the thing in -hmm. the third episode, I completely forgot that that kind of goes right into the fourth. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's kind of like one of those things, one of those, you know, movie montages where you get to see the action that happened and then. Or I guess you get to see the results of the action first, and then it goes back in time and shows you how you got there. And so that that episode was super awesome. Yeah, I love the seventies, love the the eighties, early nineties. You know, like I said, with the growing pains. Uh, and then the 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 concept step by steps done this. I guess Uncle Jesse was kind of like that for Full House. Growing pains had their character, but Evan Peters at the end of that one shows up and you're like wait what and then the fact that darcy said they recast pietro and we all know him as a quicksilver from the fox universe apparently he's actually a guy named boner but uh joe we'll get to that part don't worry we will uh what did you think about the episodes when they started introducing sword and monica rambo and uh going back and seeing from the other perspective like john was saying Yeah, those definitely it brought brought us back into the Marvel. Oh, oh, barking dogs! It brought us back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we know and love, right? And even the filming style like goes back to that. Like it feels more like a traditional Marvel movie, and it was really exciting. Um, you know, we got new characters. We're we we we're wondering what the heck's going on, and then. Um, like you said, Dane, we realize that Wanda is the one causing it. Because in the episode before that, when Wanda hears the radio signal come in and somebody, uh, an unknown voice says, Wanda, who's doing this to you, Wanda? That insinuated that somebody was was holding Wanda hostage. Uh, so up until that point, we're like, oh no, like who's who's this villain that's that's doing this terrible thing to Wanda? And then... All of a sudden, we realize in the, the following episode that she's doing it to herself. She's holding all of these people hostage. And just a complete turnaround um, in this crazy little world that she's constructed. And almost, you know, what I love about it too, Dane, is one of the classic movies, The Truman Show, is kind of what this feels like. This fake world. Oh, yeah. Um, which I just, I love, I love that concept, right? And Truman Show still holds up to this day. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. And I just, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll dive deeper into it. But I was, I was, I had some expectations of these new characters that did end up falling short. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. All right. So you said Truman Show. I'll say Get Out as well. Definitely qualities that both those movies, uh, completely reminded me of but yeah truman show i just 
just the concept of this woman's so powerful that she's able to make these people well we'll we'll get into it because the next one's the Halloween episode where we really find out things are getting weird as far as how powerful Wanda is. But Evan Peters, John, uh, yeah. you know, we kind of, I think I might have, I asked you if I could spoil this and you told me go for it. I don't remember, but I knew about this. A lot of people did too, because the promos for that episode came out uh, yeah. early, but um, still pretty awesome that it happened. Yep. I, I did let you spoil it for me because I, I was like, as long as it's not anything about the story. And then you told me, and I was like, okay, okay that's cool, that's cool. Come but, to find out, it wasn't much of a spoiler anyway. <laughs> he was actually the Mandarin. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that that was still so awesome, the way they did it, uh, the way they introduced him. Uh, not the way they did it towards the end, but episode, the Halloween episode, I gotta say, was my favorite of all the episodes. Halloween episode yeah. was awesome. What are you going to say, Jeff? Can I interject? Can I, I want to interject. Yeah, when they um, introduced him as Quicksilver, it was, to me, the most – am I allowed to curse on here? Can I curse? Are we, are I've, we said, I've, said the, I've said the F word at least 60 fucking times, so yeah, you Okay, good. well, that was the most mind-fuckable time of the whole show because going back to it being released once a week – uh, people, the internet was going crazy for a whole week and people I was talking to other friends that I have that I didn't even know were invested in this show were like calling me up like, dude, did you see that shit? Like it is, it's Quicksilver, but from X-Men. And then everybody had all these crazy theories and ideas and it just like that me is included. good television right there. That's good television. Yeah. So for sure. That was the, the, to me, the, the best moment that we had as far as the shock factor goes. Yeah, and I unfortunately think some of that would be its downfall uh, with For including sure. Quicksilver. Uh, or Evan Peters as Quicksilver. Oh, but. For, for sure. I mean, uh, immediately, because I, I have a, a few other buddies that are huge comic book nerds um, that were just like, Dude, House of M. House of M is confirmed in Marvel. Like we are getting that, and and I thought that too. So, yeah, you're right. It created a lot of high expectations of what was to come, for sure. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say? So the next episode, you said the Halloween episode. I loved it for many reasons. I love seeing Vision and Scarlet Witch in their old '60s outfits. A lot of people, unless you're deep in the comics, uh, Speed and Wiccan uh, are, are Scarlet Witch and Vision's children. They actually become superheroes. I don't remember how exactly, if they're manifested, created, whatever, but they had their exact costumes from the Young Avengers, too. So that was cool. And then Quicksilver in his old, old school costume. They did that, and they kind of have Quicksilver. He almost was the angel and devil on Scarlet Witch's shoulders. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. he's a good guy trying to give good advice and whatnot, and sometimes he was the fucking devil, like when he made that comment about, well, you can't kill Vision a third time or whatever, and she got all pissed off him at the end of it, but uh, it really built the story. I gotta say that Agatha Harkness should walk, watch out for John Wick, because he doesn't like it when, when dogs die. Uh, mm-hmm. They fucking did that on a Disney show. I was like, this shit is <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, just a fucking fantastic episode. I love the town, all the Easter eggs, the name of the movies. On like they just they went out of their way, and this had the uh, I believe the was this one the Malcolm in the Middle or yes, yes, that's right. And uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was excellent. Um, what what did you think? Dude, I love I love that episode. Yeah, that can I can, permission to speak, Captain. Go for it, Joseph. All right. Yeah, that episode I did love, too. And it felt very homey um, with the Malcolm in the Middle uh, element to it. And also, not only did we get Malcolm in the Middle, but then it felt like a traditional Halloween movie almost, right? We all love those Halloween spooky movies. And um, it kind of transitions into Vision wandering on the border. And when he flies up and just looks at the city, I love that shot that they got. It almost felt like a, a Superman kind of moment um, and just the way he looked. And then he flies down and speaks with Agnes. And you don't know, obviously, you don't know that she's bad yet, but it turns into a, a, like a horror film, basically, because Vision's w- learning that, wow, this world is not what I thought it was. It's not a perfect little world. And my wife might be the psycho mastermind behind all of this. <laughs> yeah. And we get some foreshadowing too with Agnes because she's wearing a witch hat and she does do her evil laugh. And I, I'm like, dude, some, something's going on with her and she's definitely a witch. What were we going to say? I was just, uh, before I, I jump to you, John, the get out concept came from this episode because Wanda's struggling a bit to be able to do everyone in that whole entire city. And people are tearing up, you know what I'm saying? Putting up yeah. decorations, put, going back up and down. So that, that shit was pretty scary, uh, I have to admit. Uh, what were you going to say, John? I just, uh, I just love that episode so much because there's just so much in it. And I don't know if it's because the, you know, the 90s, late 80s, early 90s was the time where shows were really prospering in different diverse uh like directions compared to the 50s 60s and 70s where shows were kind of all very similar um but or if it's because we grew up in that time so that's why it can be appreciated so much by us in our generation but i just i don't know so much about the show like you said about uh peter or pietro being the devil and the angel it's just funny because i mean his character kind of like, uh, you know, the Fonz or kind of like, he reminded me of uh, the brother in Boy Meets World. What's his name? Eric Matthews. Um, yep. Where like the, that character in those shows was always kind of the angel and devil, like at the same time. And it, of course in this, it is more apparent and has more meaning. But in those shows, I was always kind of that character's role anyway, like always instigating things, but also, when they needed the pep talk, he was there, you know? Uh, so his, his character is freaking awesome. Um, I love that they're wearing costumes the whole time. It's hilarious to me because it, like, even though you can get into it, you can get sucked into watching it as if it's a real 90s movie or show where you're just like, okay, these are the characters. But they're wearing these ridiculous costumes, which continuously reminds you that that's not a real world. And they're wearing the costumes of their own character from the comics. Um, I thought that was a great touch to it. Uh, and then 
yeah, uh, Speed and Wiccan getting their powers. That was that was huge, but also it, it almost fools you into thinking they're real, too, um, which was a good build-up to the reality of the world. And then the horror aspect of it was, was awesome because it was scary as hell. Um, but it was still filmed, like we talked about earlier, with the different uh, aspects and fundamentals of of 90s film it was still filmed like a 90s horror movie you know which i guess i i haven't seen get out that's my bad but i guess he might have used same techniques um you know the creeping by the people crying which is just like an eerie you know scary part um and it reminded me of truman show when he finally decides to leave uh, that was the episode that he leaves, right? Uh, Vision, yeah. yeah. Because he starts that, getting out, the kids freak out, and she expands everything. Yeah, that part, too, was, like, so... Because it broke through kind of that 90s barrier just for a few seconds. And it was one of the most emotional parts to me. Because he, like, I don't know, man. I've, you've never seen Vision, like, going through that much pain. Like, he was just being dragged back, like, particle by particle back into the world. It was, it was it, insane. It was almost, like, almost more painful than him getting killed by Thanos, to a yeah, degree. Yeah, for um, sure. And I just, I, God, I keep remembering things. That's why this show is so great. I keep remembering things that happened in the episode before. I mean, even before this episode, I think it was the one where where vision breaks through the end credits. Remember that Dane? When I, Oh yeah. I love that. And he, you think the show's just going to end normally, but vision's like, no, no, like something's going on here. And he confronts Wanda about it. And literally they both like buck up at each other and, and fly in the air. And they're literally about to fight each other. And the tension crazy. Cause they didn't even have any action in that scene or any like crazy special effects, but just the tension of it all, of this couple, powerful couple about to fight each other. Uh, you could really feel it in your gut during that scene. Yeah, so, and I love that he mentions that she keeps redoing everything every night, and every, the next morning it's different. And then one of the first lines he says in the next episode, in the costume episode, is she says, thank you for wearing this ridiculous costume. And then he's like, well, it's not like there was anything else in the closet or something. And then they just start laughing. <laughs> yeah some of that stuff is really eerie. <laughs> yeah. uh and that that that's that's why i think i'm so fond of it and just i like that all right so if they did that late 80s early 90s where you had step by step boy meets world growing pains full house it was all happy go lucky you know uh that's how they all were family matters all those shows they had the same similar style. Everyone was happy. Shit happened, but they handled it as a family. And then you got to Roseanne and and <laughs> married with children, and they kind of broke that barrier down, and shows started being more of a reflection of that. Malcolm in the Middle, I think, is one of the best ones. And in that show, you see Juan and Vision knocking along. They're arguing. It looks much yeah. more like real life, you sure. know? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Like, they're, like, arguing about the children, too, and what, like, should be done. And, and uh, 
and he he goes off. Well, shoot, I I really like that too. The 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 part where he says he's going to do Night Watch or something because he just joined Night Watch, which is from like the second episode, and he lied to her. And it's just like, yeah, that's a part to move this story forward. But it also was a very relatable plot point for those shows of that time. Like you yep. said. Uh, just good stuff. And uh, I think the, the next episode, we get Wanda's breaking down. Vision's gone. We don't know what happened to him exactly. Stuff is merging together, essentially. Uh, Vision meets up with Darcy at some point. And they kind of go at it together. Um, <laughs> you know, it just it gets a little bit convoluted, I think, in that episode. Uh, but I love the office slash modern family stuff. I love that she can tell that she is not like she's going crazy, but she, she won't admit it. But she knows that she's going crazy, basically. And uh, we find out really who the main villain in all of this is outside of General Dickhead who has his own plans, and we find out about Project Cataracts, and we think that that is them trying to take over this vision, but it's a completely different thing, because one thing I forgot to mention, he had a video that he made it look like Wanda uh, completely destroyed the lab and, and stole Vision's body when that doesn't happen, obviously, but we'll get to that part. Um, and this is really when we find out that Agatha Harkness, Agnes, is the villain, like I said she was, because I do know the comics, so no, it wasn't Mephesto. Didn't make any fucking sense to make her Mephesto. Her name was Agnes. Agatha Harkness! Anyway, sorry. I had to get in arguments with people online about that shit, so that's still fresh sorry. wound. You know, still well, fresh well, wound. Well, can we, can we, before we go on to that episode, can we just talk about the last, very last part of that last episode? When she yeah, absolutely. her universe and started taking over everyone. And now, I mean, I just saw so many different genres of the 90s in that episode. And that part was just so hilarious to me. Like when it, she turned the sword agents into clowns. It was freaking so funny. <laughs> but anyway. No, I, I agree with you. And what did you think about the episode? that episode itself? You know, we're getting close to the end, John. Well... That episode, um, I really, I, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the Halloween episode. Um, I'm trying to think of everything that happened. I mean, for one, I, I never really watched Modern Family that much, so I didn't get all the little nuances for that. Uh, I did see The Office and a lot of it, but I think most of it was going for Modern Family. Um, but I did notice the, you know, like I talked about with you, like you mentioned earlier, that and I'd like to think that they did this on purpose, but I don't know if they did it intentionally or not. But even outside of her world, when the sword, you know, is going through kind of the X-Files style, like old CSI type detective shows with Jimmy Woo yep. and Darcy um, and Monica Rambeau. And I thought it was when I first watched it, I was like, dude, this is so bad. It's like I feel like I'm watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now and I don't know if the show is going to be good. But then I just thought about it. and I was like, dude. The way they've, they've been filming everything so far, I feel like that was intentional. And it made me feel better about it. Whether or not they did it on purpose, I don't know. But it made me like it more because it was ridiculous. Even the lines they said to each other were just silly. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it was a great episode because it, it was kind of showing 
it, I guess the purpose of that episode was to show who the villain was. And that was a great reveal. Um, I mean, I think we all kind of suspected she was bad, but we thought, obviously, that she was under someone else more powerful. Um, and, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else happened. I guess, like you said, the foreshadowing or the the twist that she stole Vision's body, which we later find out isn't true. So it was kind of a setup episode. Um, overall, it was all right. I, I wasn't, you know, crazy about it. Joe, were you crazy about it? Crazy guy. Crazy guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this episode is when I started to be like, okay, because up until this point, I literally thought each episode was even better than the last episode. And I think it was this episode where I'm like, that was pretty damn good, but I don't know. I don't know if I could say it was better than the last episode because it was a lot of filler. Um that being said, I mean, let's go back to cinematography and camera angles. I mean, I did really appreciate that. Like, even when Vision and specifically when Vision and Darcy were escaping the circus, uh, the camera kept, like, there were so many different camera angles, so many different cuts and edits when they were, like, in the van or the ice cream truck or whatever the hell it was. Um, and then, you know, when they're trying to get back home so he could see Wanda, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, like, why is vision riding in this truck you know why isn't he flying and and he's just riding with darcy and we go back to more of the truman truman show-esque kind of element where uh the road's being blocked right there's pedestrians crossing the road then there's some kind of accident or something and wanda just out of her subconscious or or guilt or whatever is preventing vision from coming home and then finally we have that the, the office like talking head kind of shot of vision and he's got the microphone on and he, he realizes he says, wait, what am I doing talking to you guys? I could fly <laughs> that. I did love that part. That was very, they did really good. But then um, towards the end, the reveal of Agnes was, I loved it because she was just in, in that house. And we go back to now we're in the early two thousands or mid, mid two thousands. And we see another horror film element style, but this has that, that time period of thousands when she sees the, what was it like a cicada Dane on the, on the um, window or on the curtain. And, uh, and you just know that when you see a cicada or a bug like that in a movie or a show, you know, it's not going to end well. Right. Um, And then all of a sudden she's in this creepy ass basement and I'm like, I remember I was like, wait, what? Wasn't she just in the house? What the hell? And and uh, now we're we're on a completely different setting, completely different set. And that song was just wonderful. I mean, they just did a wonderful job. That that actress, the actress that played Agnes, I don't know her name, but um, Catherine Hahn, dude, God, she she was so good. And and that reveal of the villain was one of the best villain reveals, like in Marvel history for sure. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And I mean, it was a setup episode for the next one because we find out obviously Agnes is not who she says she is. She's got the quote unquote children, but we'll actually, you know, find out how much of real children they actually are. And, uh, you know, and she killed the dog and she admits it. 
So, like I said, John Wick's coming after her ass. I wouldn't fuck with John Wick. I'm just saying. Um, but the next episode, I think three of my favorite episodes, I don't know which one's in order. The episode where we finally reveal the shield thing, and we get that whole entire side of, like, leading up to the last three episodes, like the other perspective, the Halloween episode. And actually, I don't know if it's because I like torture, but the next episode itself, even though it shows every bad thing that's happened to Wanda, I think that the acting from Elizabeth in that episode, at least for me, was just mesmerizing and just how sad it was that her and her brother were watching a friggin' sitcom with her parents and then a bomb went off. And because the fact that she is technically a mutant, they don't call it that, but she had these type of gifts before she was experimented on and she could mess with probability, it basically essentially saved them from a bomb that she was saying was a dud. And then she becomes an activist and that actually they experiment on her and she just has such a rough life and vision dying and and everything. And then finally at the end of it, just Agatha Harkness having her children, and that's actually apart from the comic books, but it's not Agatha that's holding them, but has them like that, um, strangling them and Wanda trying to grab her kids back. And she's like, these aren't your kids. Vision, you made this is all you. You made all this up. Like, come on, crazy. Like, you are the Scarlet Witch, and that's the first time that we hear it. You know, she can control chaos energy, which we're, we find out in the last episode. Like it sounds, it's not necessarily a good thing. But I don't know. I thought the episode was really compelling, uh, seeing her not actually break out Vision, but just he told her she could do that. Obviously, she could have been not so destructive, but that was about all that she did, and they didn't do anything. But, of course, General Dickhead... You know, he has his own vision. He has the white vision, which exists in the comic books, which was a duplicate vision that was a villain in the actual comic books. So in the West Coast Avengers, which is random to pull from, but so who is this vision? Who's the other vision? She obviously created it. You know, it's it's her, I guess. But And Agatha just becomes the most heartless bitch in the whole entire episode just kind of toying with her and doing the Ebenezer Scrooge thing in reverse and showing her how shitty her life really is, basically. And, uh, yeah, just uh, the one part where she finds the plot of land and breaks down and creates Westview, basically. Oh, my God. Like, I, uh, I'll admit, grown-ass man, I teared up in that moment. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a bitch, John. I'm a bitch. Little bitch. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What do you think? Um, yeah, you know, mm, I, I liked it a lot. I still wasn't sold. This is kind of, I mean, even though it, it was, again, a filler to me. Um, even it had some good reveals. I think the biggest reveals it had was a, she did not take his body. So that is not the real vision. Like we've thought this whole time. And, uh, and B that she, you know, the reveal of her creating the whole Westview thing was cool. Um, and I did like it going back to the, them. You're right. I love the part where they're watching sitcoms. Like it explains how she knows these uh, as a little Russian girl, uh, 
because that's all they had because um, they were poor and they just had these American sitcoms on DVD and or VHS or whatever it was. And that, that was crazy. And then it showed the, the bomb come in, which they talked about in Age of Ultron. Just like the Russos did, this show made me want to watch Age of Ultron a hundred times, which I never thought I'd say because that was the weakest film for so long. And the Russo brothers in this show made it have so much meaning. Uh, so that was awesome. Like having a visualization of what her and Pietro talk about with the missile being there for two days. Super cool. Um, the beginning showing Agatha, I think this is the one where it's the beginning was Agatha on the witch pole um, showing how evil she is. It yeah, did, we thought uh, she was going through a uh, like the witch trial itself, and she's actually yeah. getting shunned by other witches, one of them yeah. being her mother, and she kills all of them. Right, like that That was crazy. But Joe and I talked about how it was, it was, it was cool because there was a very brief history of her. Like, you don't need any more than that. But it was kind of super cheesy, too. Um, and I used my explanation of they're trying to go with the times. Um, like, it was very, like, Vampire Diaries style. Like, I don't know, cheesy, like, lasers and stuff. Like, you know, magic. But that's just, I don't know, something that makes me kind of cringe. But overall, that episode was definitely... It was needed to explain so much of that show that we were missing. Um, and then the end reveal with the post credit scene of White Vision was freaking crazy because I didn't even know. I had not been watching the post credit scenes, and Joe had to remind me that there were post credit scenes. So that was really cool. Um, and it, it made the finale, like the anticipation for the finale, so high. Yeah, man. And I, I gave... Elizabeth Olsen, a lot of credit with her acting, especially in this episode. I agree, I agree. I mean, But, I will say, her going back and forth between that and her native language, I know she's trying to mask it, but I think that the only person that could do a worse job is, like, Mark Wahlberg trying to do a southern accent. Um, <laughs> I didn't think she's that bad. I mean... I thought I thought it was great. I just didn't know when she she sometimes would pull it out, and then she would just be normal again. It was confusing. I know. But dude, it, you got to admit that they, was another awesome thing they, that they pointed it out in that one episode. They they pointed out in a few different episodes because even they? Agatha um, Harkness. Oh yeah, that's right. Because what happened to your accent or something? And it it's like a nod. Like we're acknowledging now that like. Elizabeth Olsen struggles with it, and we notice, and it's okay now. <laughs> She's still a great actress. Joe, what do yeah. you think about the episode leading up to the last episode itself? It was really cool. I mean, like John said, it made me – I literally went back and watched Age of Ultron and had a whole new appreciation for it, um, and as well as Civil War. Like, just diving in more – you know, paying more attention to Wanda and Vision uh, as, as focal points. And, um, yeah, I'm glad that they, I wasn't sure or not if they were going to actually show us the actual shows that were an inspiration for all the previous episodes, but they literally had every TV show that I speculated that we all speculated what it was, you know, I love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke show, um, Malcolm in the middle. Uh, so they're literally, the directors are saying, okay, we're like, yes, here are the shows that we literally took these episodes from. Um, so I thought that was cool that they actually acknowledged that, right? Um, and 
Yeah, you're right, Dan. I mean, the emotional side to it really, really did get to me, too. Just like, damn, dude, like, <laughs> she had a pretty fucked up life, you know? Um, Whose so, life sucked worse than hers in the MCU? Yeah, right. So Her, Peter Quill, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good point. But, At least he's happy yeah, to lucky. Oh, I want to touch on that, Joe, what you said about Civil War, too. I, I forgot about that. Like, it definitely brought Civil War 3, like, all the way back, too. Because from him walking in and them having that awesome moment in the Avengers compound. Um, because it was like, oh. in Civil War, she said, Viz, we talked about this. And she's talking about going through the walls. And in that scene, he comes in through the wall. Like, it was, it definitely brought it all the way back. It was super cool. Oh, for sure. And for that, sure. one, that one line that, that Vision said, I just want to remember and say yeah. this. I dude, I needed to hear that. I think because my grandmother passed away during the summertime, and sure. I had a loss with my, you know, roommate's uh, father, who I knew really well. And I think, I think what he said, he goes, um, "God dang it, it's it's uh, what is grief but love persevering?" And I'm yeah. like, that is brilliant writing. Like, that my was, god, that was good writing, and that and was good writing. It, it's crazy because I just watched Age of Ultron today, actually, um, when I had some time, and it, I realized that, like, Vision's always been a poet. Like, I think he's been underestimated until this point. But even in Age of Ultron at the end, when he's talking about humanity, um, you know, being doomed, and how, you know, a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. And he, it's, it's like, Vision has some good insight, man. Like, he's, he's inspirational as hell. Yeah, like, you could sit down and have a couple of beers with Vision, and, like, your mind will be blown like yeah. yep. which yeah. which we see in the final episode so Dane you can well I'll... well real quick though I want to say something else too um it's just it, it just the bond between her and Vision in that moment of being at the Avengers compound I love how she pointed out I mean we obviously if you're paying attention you know this but but they pointed out through the dialogue that she was in a brand new country at that point, right? When she mm-hmm. joined the Avengers and got done with the battle of Sokovia, uh, she didn't have any friends or know where the hell she was or wasn't accustomed to the American culture. And so it's perfect for her and vision to get together because vision is kind of new to humanity and doesn't understand human culture. Um, uh, so, yeah, yeah. you know, and like that to me was like, damn, that's, that's pretty cool. That makes sense now. Why? Like, out of all the Avengers for each other. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah, Vision's a great character all around. And that's that's one thing I love about the show is that we all like Scarlet Witch and Vision, but I think this really made them two of the strongest characters in the MCU. And technically, Vision, I mean, there was Thor, and then Vision, uh, there was Thor and Hulk, and then Vision came out and was like, this is the most powerful fucking superhero. Yeah. Like, when he came out in Age of Ultron until Goku Woman smacked him off the pedestal. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, the final episode. So this is this is a lot of Vision fighting Vision, evil Vision, and Scarlet Witch fighting Agatha Harkness. I love the costume. Obviously, the old school '90s uh, Scarlet Witch costume that she ends up actually wearing, and um, just I mean, the thing is, and this is going to be the conversation that happens after this. We all had high expectations. There was a lot of rumors. There was lots of stuff said. And as far as an ending for this show by itself, 
Like if this was the movie and this was all structured together and this was the final part, I don't think I'd have so much of a problem with it, but it's because of stuff that was said that we'll get into, um, you know, after we talk about the last episode that I think it kind of took back quite a bit from my expectations, I, w- I would say. Um, and also, I'm sorry, but like sky battles like that, it gets a little lazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When you just have evil villain versus, you know, I know it's a superhero trope and we're going to have to get used to it. But also there wasn't, like, General Dickhead wasn't anything except for just an asshole who just was in charge and wanted to throw his, his I, weight around. Like, my biggest issue, and who knows, maybe there'll be more from this, is that when Monica Rambeau finds Evan Peters and he's something boner, Robert Boner or some yeah. shit like that. So it was just kind of like a, ha-ha, we got ya. And I didn't like Ryan that. Johnson. They Ryan Johnson us. We <laughs> got you. Ryan Johnson's <laughs> a genius. Um. Yeah. I. I just. I really. I did have issue. I love the post credit scenes. I like that. You know, we're setting up secret invasion with the scroll coming to Monica for the future show with Samuel Jackson, and that's going to kind of go into like what good scrolls are around and pretend to be humans. What bad scrolls are around. Are they going to start a war? And then the other one, seeing... Now, if you think about this, this is how powerful Scarlet Witch is. She is able to... to like, if you think about when, when, when Stephen Strange was doing this, he had to sit down while he would go to the astral project, projection of himself and be able to do all that. She was able to go outside, drink coffee, look at the fucking sky, come back inside while she's doing that at the same time. Mm-hmm. She is ridiculously powerful. But also, I think the best part of it and the saddest part of this, the whole entire episode was the ending. Her vision and the kids, they put them to sleep. She knows everything. And, I, and one thing that was bothering me was like, all right, so when the fuck is this stupid thing going to actually come in their house? Because it's taken forever, but it looks like it's right down the damn street in the window. But, I mean, that's stuff, stuff that you got to get over. Dude. Dude. It, it bothered <laughs> you, though, too, right? It bothered you. Yep. Jeannie hasn't shut up about that part. <laughs> But it's supposed to create tension. You're like, oh, my God, she's about to lose everything. And then she does, and she's on the plot of land by itself. And it was all something she created. And she told Vision that he was a part of the soul stone that still is in her. Or I don't know how the fuck that works, but whatever. It was, <laughs> it was nice and romantic. And we'll go into the problems that we have with it and, like, the hype and the rumors after this. But the episode itself, as an ending for this story, what would you think about it, John? Um, John, wait, wait. Let me go first, Dane, because uh, right. I keep getting sloppy seconds after John. Ooh, Joe, mm-hmm, <laughs> man, Joe, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Well, uh, this this episode, um, on a, on an emotional level, and um, a Wanda Vision, just a show about Wanda Vision. Okay, pretty gratifying. And when, like you said, when when it all ended, and she was just left on that plot of land with that foundation of the house. Like I, I almost got teary because they showed us before that that was their plan all along. And even when they were saying goodbye to their kids, that was, you know, we know the kids aren't real. Okay. We get it. But at the same time, it's just, it's her holding on to that. Grief. Real to me. Yeah. dude. So on an emotional level and, and just the conclusion to Wanda and vision, um, it was gratifying. 
So I, I got more on the stuff that I'm not, you know, going to talk about until you're ready. But, uh, but just, yeah, the doppelganger fights, eh, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Like, White Vision, I kind of was expecting a little bit more out of that or some kind of more depth to it. Um, like, I think it would have been crazy if White Vision really messed up Scarlet Witch. And if Scarlet Witch, I thought, and this is my expectations, but I thought Scarlet Witch was going to have to kill the White Vision. So basically, she would have to murder her husband again, <laughs> um, which would be Oof. totally heartbreaking for her to do after she experienced all this again. Um, but uh, overall good. post credit scenes, I don't know. Eh. But we'll talk about the problems after John talks about what he liked about the episode. So, John. Are you sure you're done, Joe? Can we go? <laughs> Wait. You... Let me think. What else? What else? Two things yeah. that actually happened that I wanted to mention, though, is yeah. Act of the Harkness getting, and we kind of talked about this, she's stuck there. You know, if, she, if Scarlet Witch wants to come back, she can. But she's now part of that neighborhood playing that character and has no control over it. That's her prison. And also, White Vision was tapped on the forehead from Vision and quote-unquote freed. So what does that mean? Is there a little bit of Vision still in there? John, what do you think? I mean, I, like, you know, that episode was very entertaining to me, but it was definitely a letdown. Um, I mean, like, the emotional part that you guys were talking about, I didn't really feel because personally I hate when they throw in new uh, like plot uh, like items like that note that they had about the plot they were going to buy that showed up in episode five or six or whatever. Like I didn't I didn't like that because it was just thrown in there. Like really did they really have time to think about that and plan that? I mean, where were they in Berlin or they were in some other country when they were like, together, last, and they were planning on staying. They loved each other. Okay, so how'd they come up with this plot, like, uh, how'd they come up with this deed to this plot, like, in the middle of freaking, what, New Jersey, wherever that was? And come on. Anyway, uh, (laughs) yeah, the White Vision, I really liked White Vision. I liked that fight. I liked how he, how he made him realize the memories are just data. I, I really liked that point of view. And that the data, once processed, it does make him normal vision again. Um, because it would, it kind of reminded me of when Shuri was rewiring him, you know, and didn't quite make it. But obviously she did enough, which is what I've been waiting for since Infinity War, um, to show that she reconnected it somehow, you know. Um, and I think that's kind of what, what that was a little bit, too, um, coming back to that. And then... The, uh, you know, Wanda versus the other witch, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely, it was drawn out as hell to me. Um, and it didn't really explain much, like, what is going on. You really had to piece it together, like, okay, so Agatha can drain her power, but really Wanda was like, psych, you can't, because I was just joking the whole and time. she made the hexes. No yeah, she, well, she, she, right, like, so she does know spells, even though she's been all against spells the whole time. Yeah. So it's just kind of, it, it seemed like they didn't really know exactly how to end it. And they're just like, let's just wrap it up, which I didn't really want to see. Well, I liked when Wanda was going into her head and they brought back that, that kind of weird thing she does with her hand to get that was cool. people's head. They brought it back from Ultron. Um, and you're like, damn, she got Agnes. But really, Agnes had her and created like zombie witches, which was crazy. I think that's the first time we've seen zombie witches 
in, uh, in history. In history, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, true. It, uh, <laughs> whoa, dude, that's something to look up. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it was an entertaining episode. I haven't watched it a second time because I was just like, eh. me neither. Um, but let's talk about the problems, Dane. Yeah, because we definitely should. I mean, like I said, if this is a story, a part of a movie, this is the ending for it, it's a fine Marvel film, you know, kind of stereotypical. The build of it was better than the ending. And, you know, Ant-Man, certain movies in the MCU, I think their endings are a bit weak and kind of predictable sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the story was great. It was groundbreaking. And then it became Ganger, you know, fights in the air. And a lot of the same tropes that we've seen before, but the problem was, and I'm gonna I'm gonna blame it on the media. I'm gonna blame it on For modern sure. media because the 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 concept itself. I'm also gonna blame it more on Paul than than uh, fucking uh, Elizabeth because <laughs> his statement made me go, oh, like. These were two statements that both of them made separately at separate times. One was a tongue-in-cheek joke, and if you heard him say it, you would have understand what he meant by it, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And hers was so. So Wanda was, or uh, Wanda Elizabeth Olsen was asked. Uh, it, you know, you, we just saw Mandalorian. There was Luke Skywalker. He showed up. Do you think there's anything in WandaVision that's going to be like that? And she said, or namely a casting that she can't believe hasn't been, mainly something that that hasn't been leaked yet. And she said yes. And uh, she didn't offer specifics. She did share with a laugh that I'm really excited for viewers to see what or who is coming. This is before the episode where Evan Peters came in as Quicksilver. But this became, Elizabeth Olsen said that there's someone that's going to be a Luke Skywalker level and I was, I, I mean, my fucking site, we all reported this. This is what happens with media, is because you hear something, but you don't know the original source, and it's something much minor that the person said, and it's blown up based on the proposed question itself. So Paul Bettany, didn't, he didn't help it because he was asked, and he said, there is actually an actor towards the end of, uh, t- no, in the last episode that I get a chance to work with, that I've always wanted to work with. But if you heard him say it, he was being cheeky about it. He was kind of like, he was talking about himself. So, of course, everyone's like, you know, we see Evan Peters. We're like, there's a connection to the X-Men. You know, what's up with that? Could we see them adopt a couple characters? Mainly, I was saying, Fastbender's Magneto, um, James McAvoy's Charles Xavier, and Evan Peters, obviously, as just like Deadpool. Can we just pull them over, restart everything, because Wanda just did that? And is that going to be a big deal? Her, her Pietro's dead. She replaced it subconsciously with one from another universe. Pretty easy stuff. And there wasn't a Luke Skywalker-level character reveal. There was no Mephisto, you know, who was a part of the original story. That's us as nerds. That's on our end, you know, for thinking that that was going to happen because it happened in the comics. But they could have manipulated Mephisto with Nightmare, because they're essentially a very similar character. Nightmare is going to be the villain in Doctor Strange. We know that Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Mayhem is all about her. So this is all 
the intro for her and her interacting with that. And I'm assuming the implications will have stuff to do with the next Spider-Man movie, too. I don't think she's going to be in it, but stuff that basically she fucked with reality and now it's about to come full circle. But none of that happened in this. We all have to wait. We just know she's super powerful and she's hanging out with Dexter in the woods in a fucking cabin. So you mean Thanos <laughs> or Thanos, Thanos too. <laughs> Dexter was in a cabin. Remember? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Cabin and Thanos and Wanda are just hanging out. Yep. Dexter's got to be a really good company anyways. Um, but yeah, so this is what happens when we create stuff, but it wasn't, I don't think our fault. I think that everyone was told something and major media outlets started going and running with it and, Everyone was speculating, and then the speculation became this needs to happen because we were told or we thought, you know, and it fucking sucks. Quicksilver, what is he? Now, the one thing about Quicksilver, before I pass it to you, John, it was noted by a lot of people that super analyzed the episode. I haven't watched it a second time. That decoration or posters were exactly for the school that he was going in Days of Future Past and also from his room in Days of Future Past. And the fact that he reacted the weird way he did when he was like, huh, boner. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's more to Evan Peters. There's probably not. Well, That's prob- But, John, wh- what do you think? I'd like Just- to, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked, Dane. I'm, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, see, I talked to Joe about this right after the episode ended. We called each other, and I was just like, even though... I understand it, it, it it's gonna really piss me off if it was just MCU's way of saying ha ha fox like your quicksilver sucked. Um that's gonna make me mad. But to me, the way that it was done is clearly showing that he's not boner. Like it wasn't all just for a boner joke. Um because when he does break his character and, and Monica Rambo's like, wait, you're name is boner like that's still in the hex they were still in the hex they were not outside of it so all the characters in that world had fake names already so if they're in his house in the hex and his name is boner like that's not his real name still we still don't know who he really is so he could have easily still been pulled out from the other universe and placed here and then Agatha, like, Agatha could even pulled her, you know, pulled him from the other universe, put him there. He, he was Ralph Boner, so it was the Ralph that, that Agatha was talking about the whole time, which is her husband, quote-unquote, that wouldn't do anything around the house and whatnot. Um, so I believe that he could still be saved. I really don't want to believe that MCU would fuck that up so bad. And, and that's why he laughed at the Boner joke, too. Like, Right. For sure. I mean, yeah. well, he wasn't out of his character of Pietro yet. She didn't knock him out yet. So, to me, that was just him laughing at Boner. But... More more issues, John? I'm, tr- I'm letting oh. you, like... Oh, more like... issues of the whole show? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know, but I'm yeah, assuming, yeah. just like me, I... most of it comes from that last episode. Well, yeah, and I agree with you. The media did it. Like, in the Star Wars, um, you know, travesty of 99, 
or 2000 whatever rather um with the last jedi it was definitely fans making these theories which were awesome theories but still this was definitely triggered by media and those two actors saying what they did um but to me my biggest concern with all this like you said all the points you made were great um and my biggest concern is what effect it will have on Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Because, to me, I really wanted to see Wanda become super evil, like the way she spread out the hex in that one episode. I wanted that to happen, like, on an immense level on this. And it end where everything's in, in ruins, rather than everything's kind of wrapped up. Um, because, to me, that's what they did. And now, in Doctor Strange... Is she just going to be like a side character, kind of like Doctor Strange was in Thor Ragnarok? Because otherwise, I mean, yeah, I get that she's powerful, but she's not going to be like the catalyst of the plot, which I was hoping she would be. Um, so that's that's what kind of concerns me there. And also that they focus so much on Monica Rambo because I just don't care about Captain Mar- Marvel 2, and that's the only reason that they built her character up. I just don't give a shit. That movie is so bad. Um and they put so much screen time for Monica Rambo, um, just for that. But you know, those are my two biggest concerns with that. And also, like you said, the bad guy was just a freaking bad guy. Like, what was his reasoning? Why was he being bad? Why did he want to kill Wanda? Why did he want the Vision? I mean, Joe had speculations, which I'm sure he'll love to share. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we can move on. To Joe, <laughs> I got a lot to say. About well, before that. before you go, Joe, I did want to say, I think Monica was more in there to set up Secret Invasion because she's going to be a main part in that, and I don't but, think Brie Larson is going to be in that. It's going to be uh, Nick Fury. Well, so is Secret Invasion a th- that is happening? Oh, right, that is announced. That's right. Okay, because I, I'm actually I'm I'm a comic purist, and I was a huge fan of Photon slash Captain Marvel. Way before fucking, like I said, they okay. ruined Miss Marvel in the MCU. So I thought she did a good job. And also, she's supposed to be Captain Marvel. So kill her. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to say what I was about to say. You don't have to kill her in the movies. Just, I'm just, I, I get you sick of the have... fucking Captain Marvel shit. I really do. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Me too, dude. I mean, I, I get that. I guess I could see that. A secret Invasion to me, I mean, Marvel, MCU does a great job saving their asses. But... I just don't see it being an interesting story anymore because they already showed that, like, all the scrolls supposedly, according to the Captain Marvel movie, those are the last of them, that they're all good. Like, yeah. to me, they already ruined the Secret Invasion story. But, yeah, they're supposed to know. be Russian spies, basically, like sleeper cells. Right, right. Like, it should have, uh, you know, that's a whole other topic. But anyway. Not only that, they got they got a great actor in, what's his name, uh to play what you think would be a big villain, and then they're, yeah, never mind. Joe, shut us up. What, what did you have a problem with? What did you hate? <laughs> uh, well, so I got to lead into this by saying what, just as a Marvel MCU fan, what I expect out of Marvel movies. Um, now, you know what they say about expectations. Everybody's got them, right? Or wait, oh, no, that's opinions. <laughs> um but anyways, oh, Jesus. Marvel, just what, what I look forward to out of every Marvel movie besides, you know, action, a, a cool story, and character development is the connectivity. 
right? And connecting the dots. Like, that's what made Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3 so good, is that every movie you could connect to another movie to, in one way or another, right? And Captain America, uh, the Tesseract, you know? The Tesseract was from uh, Odin's throne, they say, at the beginning, which connected it to Thor. And then you had Howard Stark, who was connected to Tony Stark, to Iron Man. That's his father. Um, and even in Ant-Man, you know, he visits the Avengers base and we see Falcon and he dukes it out with Falcon and kicks his ass. Um, which, you know, all these things just add up. Even Dr. Wu, when, when he does the little hand card trick, uh, when he's introduced in WandaVision, he learned the card trick from Ant-Man and the Wasp, from, from Ant-Man. Um, so I love all those, you know, connecting the dots to everything. So I really, going into this, in addition to getting an awesome show, which we did get, I was so excited for a conclusion to connect to the next Marvel project or what we have to look forward to in phase four or whatever they're going to call it. So that's what I was so stoked about. Um, and here are a few of the things that I wanted to see. So, uh, again, you know, this is just my expectation. So maybe it's a good thing. They didn't have these things because it would be too much to incorporate in the story. But I don't think so. Number one, number one, Dane. Well, first of all, Pietro. I mean, you guys already talked about that. Uh, I was really hoping for some kind of X-Men connection, some kind of uh, House of M lead on, or even if we just got a Magneto uh, involved, um, you know, either Ian McKellar or uh, uh, I always forget his name, the other guy. Uh, And, you know, I was I was thinking about it. I'm I'm like, dude, it would be cool if they got both Magnetos because it seems like anything could happen in this multiverse. So what if we had old Magneto and young Magneto both at the same time? Like that would just be mind blowing. And I think everybody would appreciate that. So that was just one thing. Again, I don't know how that would contribute to the story, but it would have been cool. The other thing um, was uh, was Hawkeye. So going back and watching age of Ultron Hawkeye in both like age of Ultron and civil war is kind of like a big mentor, almost like a father figure to Wanda. And in this show, you know, a lot of shit's happening and, and Wanda is going through a lot of grieving. You'd think that since Hawkeye was there for like both times in, in two separate movies that he would have, or his character would have made some kind of appearance, right? Um, so I was hoping for that. We didn't get that. And that was what I thought would, might be the Luke Skywalker moment. Um, and, then, uh, and then connecting it again to, to Ultron. So the general guy, right? Because, Dane, we were talking about the general and how he had some kind of plan. He lied to everybody. Uh, from the very beginning it seemed like he had a vendetta against Wanda because even when James Wu uh, and, and Rambo were talking about Wanda and her backstory in like the fourth, third or fourth episode, um, the general, it's, it was obvious that he had something out for her. Like he, when they were defending her for, you know, becoming agents of Hydra, uh, the general just didn't seem to like that. And he's like, you know, they're, they're extremists, whatever they're dangerous. So I was certain Dane, I was certain that the general was going to have a big master plot. Um, He's not after Wanda. He's after vision. So 
in my mind, and this is from straight out of the cartoons, uh, Avengers Assemble, I'm like, dude, that dude's Ultron. Like, he's going to be Ultron. Somehow, Ultron, I know he was killed, but somehow he survived in the cracks of the interwebs, the internet, or whatever. Dude. And I'm like, dude, right? I mean, what do you think about Well, no, that? Do, do you mind? Do, do you mind? It, my theory, yeah. and I thought this was going to happen. Right. I literally thought when Vision went to go thump him on the forehead and quote-unquote free him, yeah. he was going to say something. It was going to be James Spader's voice in White Vision, and he was going to say something like, thank you, these strings don't, you know, whatever the fuck he used to say. Oh, yeah. I literally thought he was about to turn into Ultron. Me too. And I was like, oh, never mind. And and that would have been, like, I know that would have been too much to, to have wrapped up in the last episode, um, but it would have given us something to look forward to in a future Marvel endeavor, right? Because uh, Ultron was obsessed with getting his quote-unquote body, his perfect body, and the Vision really essentially was Ultron's body um, before Jarvis took it over, right? So that just would have connected the dots even further because Ultron killed killed Wanda's brother. So Ultron was, like, really her first, like, arch nemesis. Um, and I just think it would have, like connected the dots a lot more with Age of Ultron and just giving us, again, something to look forward to, like be like, damn, and you would feel that emotional um, baggage along with it. So I don't know why they didn't do that. That was a missed opportunity, and really that's kind of why this last episode fell short to me because they missed a lot of opportunities with that, um, having a mentor with Hawkeye, and then, of course, Doctor Strange. I mean, Doctor Strange... uh, this this is all magic, right? And and he would have sensed all this magic happening. I think he would have been. And there. she's gonna be in his movie. She's gonna like, be in his movie. Like I think the Luke Skywalker moment that I had again. You're right. I mean that was the media with just she said one thing and Paul Bentley said one thing and then we just saw these articles popping up like really taking it way out of. Context. I thought fucking Darth Vader was gonna be in the goddamn thing after a while. Jeez. <laughs> right. So I thought. That, that Wanda was going to go powerful, have kind of a dark Phoenix moment, and then Doctor Strange was going to have to come and, like, uh, like try to save the day, right? Or do some, some kind of intervention um, that would bring her back to, uh, to her true self. So um, between all those, and, and I, again, the, the scroll thing I'm, and the Captain Marvel, I just I don't really care too much about. Um, so it just... It was disappointing to me with in that regard to the connectivity. Again, the show was awesome, and it's not the destination that was great, but the journey throughout the whole show was beautiful, um, and and overall it was an awesome show. But but I was hoping for more connectivity, at least to give us the fans something to really look forward to and and yearn for, like for the next project. So. What what do you think, Dane, with what I just said? No, I dude, now that you're saying it, setting stuff up is the biggest thing. Because now it makes me think, alright, so the next the next movie, a part of this quote unquote trilogy story of the multiverse that Kevin Feige made it sound like is Spider Man three. And then after that is Doctor Strange. So are they going to not know what's going on with the universe and why stuff's happening in the Spider Man movie? And then the end credit scene will connect Doctor Strange to to Wanda, and then the next movie like that. They could have done a lot more storytelling at the end of this, and setting stuff up for what's going on next 
than they did. They didn't. They really didn't. And I did want some stuff. All right, if if that is Quicksilver, and this is kind of like a slow way to get around it, and Evan Peters is going to be, along with Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, the only things from the Fox universe, I'm fine with it. That's fine. Not having Magneto kind of sucked. I hope they can still... I understand those are her parents, but like, you know, you can say the real father, something like that. I want that aspect still there, and there's not a lot of ways to do it. If you brought in Fastbender's Magneto, for me at least, then you don't have to worry about... Because my biggest thing is his backstory. If he's younger, and maybe he knows his past, but the multiverse just caused this... That's what Wanda did is kind of fuck with shit, even she didn't realize it, and now he's there. He still has the same backstory, and it's still the same young actor that was killing it, and one of the only good things about a lot of those X-Men films. Same thing with McAvoy, if they could have worked that out. But I can get over that. If we just get Evan Peters and Deadpool, it just sucks that there wasn't a Doctor Strange. There wasn't a Magneto. There wasn't something, a Mephisto. There wasn't the villain for the next Doctor Strange. There was no setup for what's going on next but but I will say the story itself the story arc is better than some of the MCU movies to me um start to finish I thought that you know even though obviously it was like an 8 hour movie the story itself was very structured and very well thought out I just wish it led to something more than just an ending I guess does that make sense John We lose him. We lost him. Well, I'll maybe maybe he's a. Uh... Hey, well, sorry. I, for, I forget, hey, I forget to send up? it to you, Joe. So you actually you'll go, John. You got to wait because Joe's oh, Joe needs. Great. <laughs> well, um, yeah, and I mean, just the general, um, you know, the the general of sword or whatever he was. There was we never got his motive. Like he was just he was just a bad guy, and then the conclusion to him was you're going to jail or I hope you have fun in jail or whatever they said or prison. And, um, and that's it. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe they'll bring him back later, but yeah. it just wasn't a gratifying conclusion. If it was a bigger actor, Dude, I, if, it, if it was a bigger, well-known actor, like, I don't know, a Dominic Cooper or like, if it was a bigger actor that people know, I could be like, maybe he still is Mephesto, but that guy I've never seen, like maybe I've seen him in the background of a television show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, like, I told Joe it reminded me of a Scooby Doo ending because it was just like, <laughs> oh boy, he's he's done for now, and they just put him in the police car and it's over. But <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for yeah, your vision. Dude, right? <laughs> but like overall, as you asked me earlier, and my thing was muted. It uh, of all the missed opportunities, like yes, Quicksilver would have been awesome if it was him, and they didn't fuck it up with a boner joke. And if Magneto was in it somehow, and if that guy had more purpose, like he was Ultron or something, all that would have been awesome. But to me, the biggest missed opportunity, like I said before, is the effect it'll have on the future movies, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Like you said, they're just going to go into it, and we know it's going to be a multiverse. And it's going to really make me mad if, like, it just goes in, it's like, oh, yeah, what you did just kind of started this multiverse thing. It was, it's weird. Like, I wanted to see her split open the multiverse because she's yes. so crazy. 
Like, right. you know, that, and, that's and what, it, it, the end just kind of proved to me that it wasn't a multiverse. It was literally just, she created this world and now it's gone. She sucked it back up. It's done. Like it was just, it's just kind of that, silly. That's what they're going to have to do now, John is like, just say, yeah, when, when you did this, it, it opened up a whole new world. Well, yep. we didn't see that happen. Like I would have loved to see like a couple of, uh, Spider-Man's fly out of a, a portal, you know, and they just like something small, even right? Like, yeah, it, it, they 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 wrapped up the entire purpose of the show, in my opinion. I mean, the purpose of the show, yes, to show to move forward Wanda's plot and show a little more in depth of her story. But to me, the purpose of the show should have been the transition into the multiverse, which it failed at, and it's just disappointing. Sadly, have to agree with you guys. And uh, like I said, I still love the series itself. But sure. Yep. It just there was something. That's the biggest thing. It's like, all right, how are we going to connect this? Um, mm-hmm. And is Wanda going to be the villain? Like it's kind of been. Well, I'm not going to even say fucking rumored. It's been speculated that she <laughs> might be the villain of Multiverse of Madness. I'd love to see that. That's the question. And but yeah, are they going to just do it and like? Well, you see, Peter, uh, when Wanda did all that, for some reason, some energy source started messing <laughs> right. around with the clouds. Right, dude. <laughs> which, which, at the end of the day, if they I do I mean, Jersey's right next to New York City, so they might fucking do it. Well, dude, but if they do that, I won't even believe it anymore because that's exactly what they said in the second Spider-Man. Like, that's what they said, that, that what happened with the snap made Mysterio come here from another multiverse. Right? They already used that. <laughs> like, they can't do that again. I'll, I'll be pissed. And, and um, it, yeah, it was just, it was a missed opportunity. And, again, like, yeah, I, like, in no way am I discrediting the show or, or saying that it wasn't good, because it was amazing. Sure. But, it's just, but, but, but I'm just even, saying, even I'm Dr. just saying. Strange, yeah, I'm just saying. But, even Doctor Strange, like, Okay, so they didn't have her do any battle with the witches, which would have been fucking awesome, like magic versus magic, right? Um, but at the very least, Dane, they could have had Doctor Strange in the post-credit scenes. Yeah, right? like I was gonna say, there's there's three scenarios I would have loved to have seen that didn't happen. One of them we already talked about. He he bops Vision on the head, and then Vision's starts talking like James Spader. And thanks him for freeing him, basically, and gets the hell out of there real quick. And, or if she's she just destroyed, or everything went back to normal, she's at the plot, and then you hear someone fly in right behind her, and you hear Michael Fassbender's voice go, what's wrong, child? Um, or they could have done Charles Xavier, either or. And then the other one, if Doctor Strange comes to the cabin and is like, we need to fucking talk, like... You just did some fucking shit that I don't even know how you did, yes. and you messed up a bunch of stuff. Any of yep. those things, I would have loved. It would have been a right. chip on top. Even if, yeah, if the multiverse w- was just that, like you messed up stuff from doing that, but it was in this show rather than rushing it in a movie, the next movie. You know? Yep. <sighs> but it's all right, guys. It's all good. Oh, I still loved it. I still friggin' loved it. I, uh, I I enjoyed the journey. I'll probably try it again in the future just because the first episodes are really 
you know, short and shit. But um, really enjoyed it. Really love Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's great. I can't wait to see what happens with her. I just hope they don't rush it like we're worried about. I could take a friggin' Agent Wu, Darcy, X-Files slash Men in Black style show just going over fucking all the weird mysteries of the uh, MCU that happened in the comic books. That would be fucking cool. So all in all, I liked it. I yeah. would, The whole series, honestly, it could have been close to a 10, but I'm going to have to give it probably an 8 because of the last episode just kind of ended, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, man, I agree with that number. Eight, maybe eight and a half. John, what did you think? Closing statements. Um, what do you what, what do you got? I, I thought it was a revolutionary show, Dane. I thought that it was extremely artistic. Um and I think that at the end of the day, from the very beginning I said that it was an artistic um what what did I call it? An artistic uh uh you know uh, I forgot experiment. what it yeah, experiment. An Hello. artistic experiment from the very beginning and i love that because i would have loved to do something like that and it was so ballsy of marvel to do but of course it's at the mcu it's disney they can get away with it um but i think they may have gotten a little arrogant towards the end um by trying to pull a ryan johnson and uh not give the fans what they know they wanted that's my opinion um and I- i'm still excited for the future of mcu i just hope this doesn't have a bad trickle-down effect. Bad trickle-down effects. That reminds me of some of my Saturday evenings. Anyways, Joe, <laughs> wrap us up. What did you think last well, score? You know, whatever the frig you want to say. Go for it. Great show. I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed the creativity that Marvel went outside of their box. Uh, that from the very beginning with the first few episodes, they did not give a fuck if people liked it or not because they knew in the end they were going to make an awesome product, uh, which they did. And I will rewatch the show uh, probably a couple times because it had so many details and, and just things that you could notice uh, after the fact that um, it will. I know for a fact it will have a great rewatchability factor. Um, so. Yeah, that being said, I am excited for the future. I'm so stoked for Doctor Strange. I mean, he is, like, in the current roster of uh, of Avengers. He probably is my favorite one that I'm looking forward to the most. So I'm excited to see what they do. So question is, are we going to do this at the end of uh, Bucky and Winter Soldier? Because that starts in two weeks. Ooh, I'm down. Actually, even if you want to do an intro after the first episode, maybe we could get on and talk about our expectations, <laughs> even though that's scary. Should we watch then that, ep- or should we listen back to that episode to know what our expectations were before we do the last one? Yeah, we could. be good. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, do you want to do that too? Yeah, I'm, I'm down. I don't know how, like, in-depth of a show this is going to be. Like, I know that this is where they're putting their budget, right, with special effects and explosions and flying through the air which is going to be cool. It's definitely going to be more of a traditional style, you know, Marvel thing that, that the brutes that don't like to think will love, you know, the people who hated the first few episodes of WandaVision are going to love this. Um, but it, it is going to be really exciting. And I just love the interaction between Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. I mean, they're bringing yeah. that, back. 
they're bickering from Civil War. They're bringing that back. So that'll be fun. Yeah, so let's, let's plan on doing that, Dane. Sounds good, man. I don't even give a fuck if it's like Michael Bay's Bad Boys. Like, I'll be down <laughs> if it's just like an action show. Me but too. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. All right, well, guys, I, I think that's it. Um, we did a whole show, and wow, it's been an hour and 35 minutes. That's kind of long, but uh, we, we talked a lot. And we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of Dane Rants. Uh, Joseph, I'll go to you first uh, for obvious reasons. Say goodbye to all the lovely people. <laughs> plug whatever you'd like to plug. Hey, everybody. I just want to say thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to our opinions. Hopefully we made you realize things about the show and insights that you have not thought about before. And uh, if you uh, you know need to buy or sell a house, um, please contact the Kalina Brothers real estate team. Because they're really good guys, and they'll help you buy a house and sell one, too. Was that was that Joe or Mitch Hedberg? All right, John, uh, say goodbye uh, to everyone. Um, oh, see you guys, Dane. I love you. <laughs> Thanks for having us. And, uh, and, and, and I love all my fans out there, so see ya. And I also love all of you guys. So if you're new, go to geekvibesnation.com. That's geekvibesnation.com. You'll find all of our articles for our various degree of geeky news, comic books, movies, video games, pro wrestling, what have you. We covered on there. You can find our social media. We're at Geek Fives Nation on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Be a part of the conversation and join Geek Fives Nation. And also, you can find any of our audio uh, downloadable uh, podcasts at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Red Circle. So just search us on Google or any of those downloadable things. Pop us right in and listen to us, and thanks for all of my past listeners. You guys are awesome! I appreciate it. Let the Geek Fives be with you, and peace out! Alright, bye guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0-1 to grams of net carbs, 5-11 to grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.